Pickaxe. Hello and welcome to the Chance and Cows podcast. Uh, this one's a slightly different podcast today. Whilst we still have been trading and operating around the UK with board game cafes and recommending mm. lots of games, this podcast is going to be slightly different. It's an in-between series one where we also get to crown the titan of board games. <gasps> Were you in a choir? That was mm. Did you do the voice the of an halo? Halo? No. That's what they call me. <laughs> Amazing. Did you? Were you part of the Halo Choir? <laughs> yeah. So, welcome in. Uh, thank you for yeah. for coming and and bearing with us uh, today. We are joined by myself. I'm the one talking. Uh, Richard Scarsbrook. I'm one of the co-founders of Charles and Cowers. I've been with it for about six years, and I like lots of board games. I'm a big ass nerd. And pretty much everything. I'm, I've, I've grown up being a nerd. As with everybody pretty much here. But <laughs> I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Ben. I am Ben. I, I stream and make video game videos with the Yogscast. I'm a massive nerd. And I... Yeah, it's, I can't get that Halo tune out of my head now. Mm, this is such it? a great game. <laughs> uh, and we are also joined by uh, one of the recur- reoccurring gurus on this segment. We've got Russ. Hello, I'm Russell. Um, I have many board games. Um, I also am the head of games at Chancing Cows Bristol. And I also run my own stuff under a really cool name. It's not as good as Chancing Cows, but it's called For Chits and Giggles. Dun, dun, dun. It's pretty good. It's, it's all about secret identities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm uh, also, without goes without saying, a huge nerd. And so, yeah. do we? Do we have? Does I feel like it becomes like ubiquitous at this point? Now. Yeah. yeah I, but we, I don't want him to think. You a big I don't want nerd? People I'm a to big think nerd. That Ben's a big nerd, and I'm not. Like that doesn't oh, seem fair. Oh right. Yeah. Like, by, yeah. by not saying yeah, anything, you're by not admitting that I'm the biggest nerd. Yeah. And I can't let that stand. You know how competitive I am. Exactly. I feel like being on your own. Board games podcast <laughs> already puts you at a certain level. Of nerd. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and our fourth and final guest for this entire season is the one you've probably heard their dulcet tones the most, and they've also been the most victorious as well. Ooh. Dickie Jordan. I am Dickie. I am a forlorn spoonerism uh, enthusiast, and I am very secure in my nerdiness. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, you don't need to prove how big a nerd you are. <laughs> no, just prove it in my everyday life. Yep. It's true. Live Show, it. don't tell. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we were taught. Yeah, we're yeah, definitely yeah. doing a lot of telling and showing at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so it's going to take a slightly different format. We're going to go over a few questions that mm. we kind of wanted to ask this season, but never mm. found an appropriate point. Um, the first one is going to be about, well, unsurprisingly board games and mm. ones that we personally enjoy the most so to, I'll, I'll put it out to you guys um mm. which board game have you played that's new to you let's say uh and maybe the last 12 months for some arbitrary time constraints um what that you that you really like that you think maybe didn't come up on the podcast um but you you've played it recently and you really really liked mm. someone else start i'm still thinking sure <laughs> um i it's it's probably going to come up I mean, you can't we're not saying games that we can't use in the future no, right not. like mm. okay so spoiler alert uh it's i played a game recently um which was really fun it's a very light game it's very nicely styled it's actually a republished um version of a game that originally existed called um let's make a bus route which is a japanese um game very cute sounding already and it is really good um and it's called get on board 
and it's a bus route game. So think a little bit like, you know, Ticket to Ride and that you've got like a map with little like destinations and routes between them. But instead of like set um, routes which you're claiming, essentially you're all starting at different points on this map and uh, you're going to be driving around by putting these little wooden um, wooden sticks in your color around uh, the board, trying to collect different passengers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's two versions of the two maps, depending on the number of players. You can either do it in London, in quaint old London, or like busy, busy New York. And you're just going to be going around trying to pick up passengers and drop them off where they want to go. Um, and the way that it's done is that there's these... Um, there's a, like a deck of cards with a letter on and uh, letters on, and then you turn it over and everybody looks at their sheet. So everyone's got their own little uh, sheet, like a roll. It's a roll and write game, a flip and write game. Um, and then they're going to look at their sheet and it's going to tell them which directions they're going to go. So then they have to choose basically to go, not directions. Sorry, I'm making this very convoluted, but it's more like uh, which shape you're going to place onto the grid. And then you place it on, hopefully you'll pick up a passenger, hopefully you'll score some um, like points by dropping them off and getting like a bonus and it's very cute it's very easy to teach mm-hmm. um, and it's really nicely designed as well and I think there's something to be said for this day and age in modern board games we do kind of expect at least the minimum of uh, like a game to look good it doesn't have to look the best game ever because there's a lot of games competing for that but at least the game should be approachable and nicely presented and obviously very important have a nice um easy to distinguish like kind of iconography you've got to kind of know a little bit about what the that thing does you know that thing on the board what does that mean we know without it getting too convoluted we don't have to like check the rules and i think this mm. game does take a lot of those boxes and it can be played in like about half an hour i'd say okay. really good really good little game yeah. cool mm. um i've i've got one i have played twice this year and it's blown me away and i am really surprised because normally i am I stay the farthest as I can away from anything that's like big on a hype train at the minute. I'm like mm. something that I, this has really lived up to the hype for me. It's Ark Nova. I oh. think it's wonderful. I think it's really wow. good. Um, reminds me a lot of Terraforming Mars, kind of okay. one of your games. Nice. Uh, it's it's got the same kind of you know shonky art feel mm-hmm. to uh, to it as well as nice. Terraforming Mars, which is great. But it's just, it ticks all my boxes. It's got tableau building. It's got cool animals and like really niche animals as well. I'm like, where else am I going to see a secretary bird in board games? It's great. <laughs> I've seen like, about them in so, real life. They're yeah, so yeah, impressive. They are. But like, it's just... It's felt it's it's a very it's very different in time length to yours. It's kind of it's a <laughs> it's a definite like four hour. Um, it's a big game. It mm. really is. But like, it's very rare that I lose a game as badly as I've lost Dark Nova, and I'm so enthusiastic to play it again. Wow. I like I absolutely have tanked both players of this. <laughs> it's funny that you like, should mention the art though, because I I've I've, I've seen the board game and I, I you know Ark Nova. I guess it's probably in the title. But when I've looked at it, I'm like, I expected it to be a completely different game to about animals. Mm. I, it seems yeah. strange. Like it's, I think it's, I do think the name is not as good as it could be, but uh, the game itself is, is just utterly, it's kind of bewitching. Okay. Like I kind of like get into it and it's got this really nice mechanic where your actions get stronger the more you don't take them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of got to find the perfect time to take an action, which is really nice. 
and okay. and there's kind of like little breaks in the game where you score and and things will happen mm-hmm. and the feeling of having something taken away from you at the last minute because the break happens it is absolutely infuriating when it happens to you but when you do it to someone else <laughs> it's the sweetest feeling it really is but yeah i mean it's, it's blown me away this year really. all right wow yeah was there anything that you had Stuff. particularly that you, you played okay um yeah i played something this year um that is not necessarily the most like revolutionary or top game of the year but it really scratched an itch that i could no longer scratch mm-hmm. um so i played um summoner wars second edition mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a um it's a card game um in a fantasy setting where you have a, like a grid and you put monsters down on the grid and you battle the other person's monsters. So it's a little bit like Magic the Gathering mm. but with a board. And I used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering and other sort of collectible card games, but those to keep up with those games is a massive commitment of like time and money yep. that I can't afford anymore. So um it was really nice to be able to play a self-contained game that didn't require me to spend hours constructing a deck mm-hmm. or loads of time like reading up on the meta or like worrying about what the other person's, how much time and effort they put into their deck. It's just straight out of the box. Oh, I'll be the knights or the skeletons or the elves or whatever. There's like six races in there mm. and it takes like 20 minutes to do a battle. Nice. Oh, cool. um, and yeah, it's just like that sort of like fantasy card game. It's just like, perfectly scratching that itch i can get mm. like two or three get two do a best of three in less than an hour um and have my little skeleton minions like running <laughs> along the board it's it's really fun is that I, the publisher that did is it white wizard plaid hat games plaid hat games does it. Plaid hat. Yeah. yeah um i like that game i played the original version oh, okay. and and like it's cool because each um race um mm-hmm. does play quite differently and that's mm. similar to a game um, I like that in a game which I recommended on the previous episode, which was Unmatched. You know, the uh, fact that every yeah. every character has their own style of play, mm. and I and I really like yeah. that in games where you can go. It, you know, you've got the box, and yeah, you can just pair up these different, mm. um, you know, races or characters, and it just feels like you're playing a slightly different game. Mm. It's not doesn't get boring. It doesn't mm. get repetitive. And then each pairing up is like like a new puzzle um, to solve. Yeah, that's exactly mm. it. Because I. I I've only probably played about eight times now, but I've played like one of the races like three times, but each time I played against a different race mm, and it has yeah. felt totally different because now I'm like, oh, well, this power of mine is not particularly strong in this scenario, but this other power that I didn't use very much last game is now really useful. Mm, cool. um, yeah. yeah, it's fun. The first edition was a bit of a grail game in the cafe in the, in the oh, early really? years that we just couldn't get a hold of through our suppliers at all. And it was always on the list of like top things like our, our manager kit really really wanted us to get and it's so nice to now see that the second edition has come out and people can actually get hold of it again (laughs) i've never played the first edition i don't know how much it's changed no since then but me neither actually i gotta be honest (laughs) (laughs) it could be really bad and i played a really i don't know excellent well um the game that i've I've played recently that I, i quite enjoyed is just raiders of the north sea oh yeah um it's been out for a little while there's like a series of games that they bring out but basically if you wanted a reasonably easy entry game with some vikings and a bit of raiding and pillaging then it's basically like it scratches that it, i mean we have very different itches here you, you're like <laughs> i want to be deck building and and shuffling them and then i'm just like i just want to raid and pillage. you know <laughs> totally go go get the gold someone will go to the valkyrie um but no it's, it's a really good one if you if you like that as a sort of theme i think the raiders do really well i actually um i bought it 
but I bought the collector's box Ooh. version. It turns out it was just a collector's box. It was literally <laughs> a, no, nothing in it. And this is this is oh not no. this is the second time it's happened to me. The first time I did it was Champions of Midgard. I went and bought the Kickstarter version of it. It turns out it was also kind of like just a box. <laughs> like, does it then? Is it a box that's extra big that lets you put all the expansions in exactly. one box? Because that's actually really nice. Now, this it is useful, but all of the board games are like <laughs> sixty quid in it, so it's quite yeah. quite an expensive game. It's quite nice. It feels yeah. like a small box for sixty mm. quid, but actually, it's, it's quality components. How, how were you not like surprised at the price? Like price wise, I, I, a... <laughs> oh. I thought I got a bargain. I thought I got a bargain. It's one of those old adages where it's just like. If the price is too good, then yeah. it's too good to be true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I didn't no. follow it. My, my biggest weakness in board games is storage solutions. Oh. I will spend far too much on a storage solution. And like when my when me and my partner got together for the first mm. time, I was so excited because they had uh, there's the I think the best storage solution that there has ever been is uh, for a game called Too Many Bones. Oh, it's well, if by best you mean like premium. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, the price you pay for it, you've kind of got to think it's the best at that point. <laughs> but yeah, chest? I mean, I spent like 70, 70 odd quid, like I probably more, probably mm. more. Just on a big on box that. to fit it all. In. And it's it's the exact dimensions of a Kallax cube. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like, a nice touch. It's, it's glorious. It's wooden and it's got these drawers that you pull out with a magnetic key and it just mm. feels epic. It feels mm. wonderful. I'm not going to yeah. lie. The first time I went around your house, when you, you literally were like, here's the key. Go and check out this storage solution. And I was like, are we going to be playing this game? No, you just literally, you'll enjoy this, Rich. And I'm like, I'm going to go for I, mean, I actually really did enjoy it. Yeah, it yeah. is definitely the, like, I've owned, I've never, no, no, I've played it once actually, but like the, um, the game itself is like the shining example of the most premium components I've ever seen in a board game. Yeah. I've never played a board game that felt so expensive. Well, it was yeah. just Kickstarter, right? And then it was just, <laughs> yeah. oh, we've got all these stretch goals. And then they just, they reached them. And then <laughs> yeah. they just had to produce this ridiculously and, overly created thing. It's great. They've, they've started taking pops at themselves in terms of like <laughs> what they do and their, their production levels. Right. And they, each year they do um, like an April Fool's and then make it. <laughs> and so I'm currently waiting on a Too Many Bones pop-up book. A playable <laughs> oh, wow. campaign in pop-up book form, <laughs> which has got like um, hidden chips and hidden mm. cards and hidden campaigns kind of like into put into the pages themselves. Mm. Like, I feel like those people have far too much time and or money like to be able to do stuff I mean, like that yeah, it's just mad I, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to be obsessed with because they're just like constantly creating stuff for it um, I, I'm intrigued do you feel like you're in so deep now that if they bring out anything you, you've got that collector's itch where you're like yeah, I've you've just got, got to a, buy it completionist you're just like oh. that's it I've got 90% of all the bits I guess yeah. I've got to buy this new bit I mean, too yes <laughs> that, that, that is a problem I have with almost almost everything I'm a completionist and mm. it, it pains me but yeah, I think I think the last kicks. Well, it wasn't on Kickstarter. It was on a uh, 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 thing called Game Found. But mm. I think that is their last crowdfunding mm. campaign. Wow. They, there were whispers that it was their last crowdfunding campaign. Because oh, so they're going to be self-published, like the rest of their games. Oh no, I think th- th- there's no way they could do the game they do outside of crowdfunding. No, purely because you could the not, margins would you be. You could not awful. risk overproducing 
yeah, no, yeah like the margins would just be terrible for them. So, but then I think they're not going to make any more too many bones content. As well, oh, I mean. too many bones content. Yes. I saw the, the yeah. publishers making like we're done uh, making no, games. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That was we that were was scraping the barrel effort. with the yeah. pop up book. <laughs> and, uh, where do yeah. we go from here, really? Yeah. So you will. Actually I mean, that's get that's to peak board game. I think, so. <laughs> I think I'll get to yeah. complete it. I mean, I've I've bought <laughs> I bought a like. And they're very expensive box. If they make more content than can fit in that box, I am yeah. going to be furious. No, they can't. That's How true. dare they? <laughs> so you're talking about premium components, and it's kind of linked to what you said. Mm. Uh, Stonemaier games tend to do quite a good job mm. of making premium yeah, components they are high there. Um, I remember like opening um, Wingspan for the first time and feeling the rule book and feeling it like leathery <sighs> and like high quality. I was mm. like, they can do this. <laughs> uh, but they like, I'm part of uh, the Facebook group of a few of their like bigger titles mm. and the discussions that um, the customers have, or, you know, the people in the group have with J the Jamie, the owner of the designer about these like boxes, mm. they have so many opinions about so many like tiny things, wow. but like, it must be a real struggle to make a box that fits everything. Mm. Um, Cause honestly, if you go back, if anyone is part of those groups is really kind of wild to me to see how, how much detail people care about in mm. these like storage boxes. Whereas I just never, never get involved in that kind of stuff. No, and to me, it's yeah. just, Hey, you could just, Pour everything in. Um, as yeah, as long as everything's in, well, 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 pour everything yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no you're not even. No, you're not even different different people, if there sir. is a good, you'd have to have a little bag if, for if the there, tokens. If there is right, if there is a really nicely designed insert, and there are nicely designed inserts in there uh, out there, if they if it makes it easy for me to put it away, yes. Then there's like a next level down where if they don't have that and they have some baggies, uh, mm -hmm. plastic bags, I will probably do some form of separating them other than that. But what if does the game... that mean? Just got oh, some in here, <laughs> some in there, some whatever. Let... I'm having How a mild panic attack. Exactly. You oh can, my God. You can he be... He touches your games in the cafe, he... you know. Oh, it's, he it's, just it's professional. Himself, his games he, uh... I'm going to have to go back and check out his CV. You didn't put this on there. Um, I, I, again, we're not gatekeeping here. Like, you could be a nerd and you can put the games away however Do whatever you, you like with your own games. There's, Don't uh... dare do that to my games. I think, um, I think the, uh, the head of news on board game geek uh actually does some really like controversial things if you um follow him on twitter or even puts it on the board game geek where he literally cuts down original game boxes to make them smaller so they take up less space on on his shelf wow. and i think that's mm. like brave i've i've applauded that like because even i won't go that far <laughs> but they probably don't just throw all their tokens and biddies in <laughs> oh they do they do actually what? so i'm saying i'm not as bad as i will, as, uh, I will as confess i have I have encouraged people to do this with my own games purely so that I can nicely put them away the day after. Oh, wow. And just like take, take half an hour in the day. Like, and I'm going to like, redo it anyway. Yeah. Don't bother spending exactly. it. It will never be good enough. Exactly. So whatever. <laughs> oh, God. I, I worry for your children at this point. <laughs> Well, no, they're going to have the easy street. I'm just like, this is this is not a punishment at all. This is a treat for me. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, so on that bombshell, uh, let's go on to the next question. Um, so one of the other questions that we had was: There's so many times in the this this where you're like having these conversations, where we're talking about this scenario, and then some point that you're like. Well, that game's out of the window. Mm -hmm. Is there a game that you were uh, perhaps you couldn't shoehorn into a particular scenario? Is there something mm. that you would have been like, 
this this would have been great. Oh, apart from that one thing, anything you just discard and you're like, I want it to be mentioned. Mm. I feel like there, there's a probably always um, a couple of go-to games that we all have, you know, in our pocket that we would just like to play ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that for me, there's two that I never managed to get into the show, but you know, who's the you gotta, same You've got to pick one, got to pick one. I, is, that, is that fair though? Because I feel like there's, it's a couple of times we, during this series where you've been like, game to like the end several... of the next season. Yeah, no. right, right. <laughs> well, okay, I'll go with I'll go with the only game that I've ever had mm. um, upgraded bits to, mm. and that is Quacks of Quedlinburg. Okay. Um, did that get actually? Did they? No, we've had that it. one. We've we certainly ha- talked about it. I, I don't know if it was an official recommendation. Was recommended. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, this is showing my poor, poor memory. So <laughs> apologies, but. I maybe I should pick the other game. <laughs> no, we've got it. I, the only game I've ever actually had um, uh, upgraded bits for mm. is Quacks of Quedlin Big. It's a bag building game and essentially you're creating potions. We might have talked about this a lot mm. before, but yeah, it's a really good game. You get um, like a tree's worth of cardboard when you get Yeah, quacks. like a lot of things to punch out. And mm. that's when you really hope that that's where they've spent the production quality of a board game. It's on those punch oh, out God, bits. Yeah, you don't want to punch it out and then it rips. rips. Oh. Yeah, I've oh. had that too many times. You know, actually, I, I would actually blacklist any uh, publisher if I find they've cheaped out on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, personally, not like, I've never tell their names in public, but I've definitely internally gone I'll never yeah. buy those games that's again. That's all think of your of Twitter is. is right that what oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a game in my brain that I, I'm a little haunted by because a good one third of the tokens have ripped in yeah. popping. Ugh. And oh, it's no. un- it, unacceptable. It, it is unacceptable. If you're going to cheap out, like just don't do it on that. Like yeah. Mm, yeah. That is definitely a f- most frustrating moment I've probably ever experienced in board games is in actually putting the board game like mm. popping them out and then just tearing mm. and ruining a piece there's like also unplayed and it's already like ruined i remember that the mm. the other thing is when you have like a, a structure that you've got to put together in yeah. cardboard like mm. there are certain games where you have like 3d structures yeah. have been put together everything slots together and when you see the cardboard is like cheap yeah, it's you like just you know, know that... this isn't going to last. This has like mm. twenty plays in it, and then we are. But that, maybe that comes slightly differently from uh, we we look at it from a sort of a board game perspective. Like yeah. each of these board games could be played, you know, twenty, thirty times, and then probably need a replacement or something to that yeah. effect. Whereas if it goes on your shelf, you'll probably be lucky to play it within five times in a given year. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's the from thing. the cafe's like, point it, of view. You you have a lot more wear and tear. We yeah, do, yeah. You're going to get 20 plays in a month, whereas mm. you might only get 20 plays in a year if you're lucky. Because I bet like, um, use, yeah. you know, Wingspan made by Stone Mayor Games, very high quality product. Mm. All their components are very nice, but I imagine that bird feeder doesn't oh, last yeah. very long it's in a cafe. <laughs> the oh, cafe's yeah. copy is not anywhere. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that is true. Even, even the expensive ones aren't going to last yeah. like that, that kind of footfall. Yeah. Uh, I, I blame all missing components on Roman Coke. this is is confession time like every time something's missing it was a rum and coke based incident oh interesting i've not experienced that myself it's like Mm. yeah i don't i should maybe i shouldn't admit to passing the blame (laughs) (laughs) and and are you talking and presumably you're talking about spilling the drink people drinking too much and then doing something stupid i've I've seen a lot of games like because like there's certain drinks that can be spilt on a game. Yeah, but that's going to be fine. so sticky. Rum and coke. Oh, no cola is the evil it. ingredient there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for and sure. the rum, like that, can get quite sticky too. Yeah, yeah. It's also, uh, like missing pieces that go get lost and stuff is one of the reasons why we don't actually have a vacuum. Is because we're like, no, we're going to have to sweep because yeah. you got to pick up those pieces that people are inevitably going to be dropping. Yeah. yeah. And I have 
I'm naming no names. I have seen somebody throw a board game piece out thinking it was rubbish. <laughs> I was like, no, no, do you not understand where we work? <laughs> yeah. We rescue in, those. We, we protect our game pieces oh, here. Yeah, it goes sure. into the, the, the box of pieces that no one yeah. quite knows. And occasionally you'll get a, a guru who'll come along and be like, oh, I know exactly what that is. My niche knowledge has once again saved the yeah. day. The wildest thing, though, is that you end up having pieces in there that don't belong to any games that Chance Encounters has ever owned. Yeah. If somebody's brought their own game and lost it, and I feel really uh, bad for them. Terrible. You know, yeah. it's like, it's incomplete and they'll never figure out that they lost it here. They so think we'd have thrown it out. We had Quacks. Did you have a game that you would have wanted? Yeah, them? like there's there's one game that just isn't going to fit into any, like I I will eat my non-existent hat if, mm. uh, if this ever is suitable for anyone's situation. But there's a game that I've, I got obsessed with early this year, which is called Cosmic Frog. Okay. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's so nuts. And it's by this company called Devious Weasel and mad, mad, mad person called Jim Felly, uh, who makes very strange games. One of which we've has been on my list of things to play for as, as long as we've opened the cafe, but cosmic frog, you are, Two mile high, uh, two mile two mile high ethereal frogs in space, mm. and it is your job to bounce around the cosmos, <laughs> eat bits of planet, <laughs> vomit them up into your vault, um, <laughs> and punch each other into different dimensions. Wow, it's unbelievably. Good. Wait, what's the wind condition on that? <laughs> yeah, no, like the, the wind condition, weirdly, is a tiny puzzle that feels like it's from a different game. Like oh. the, the, the whole thing is bonkers nuts, but it, it kind of just plays like, it plays in a way that I've never seen a board game play, mm. which is like a full prog rock album. Wow. <laughs> it just feels, and the art kind of matches that as well. It's glorious art that's kind of like 70s psychedelia. Yeah. Um, it, it's chaos management is its kind of genre of game, mm-hmm. um, which is basically like anything can happen, react to it. So AP wow. is out of the window, analysis mm-hmm. paralysis out of the window. You can't really plan your turn because God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know when your turns are going to be. Like the strangest mechanic of all of them in there is how you take your turns. Okay. So you get five cards mm-hmm. um, per player, mm-hmm. put them in the deck, shuffle them up, and then that is your player turns. So you could have three turns in a row out of your five mm-hmm. and then be waiting for the last two turns of the the round to, mm-hmm. to take your final two actions or you could have like one action and then everyone else goes for ages and you mm-hmm. just sweep in at the end with four in a row it's it's a very strange thing to have to react to and deal with but i kind of love that that it's something that's so new and unique and kind of yeah. Gaming. Mm. Yeah. it's um yeah, I mean, it looks brilliant as well. It's a really nice looking game. I feel like you should get a hat just in case. So yeah, that could. I just, you know, it doesn't sound like unrealistically unre- um, suggestive. I think know, the, like the, the the only thing that might put me off recommending it is a the hat thing. Now that I've said it, <laughs> uh, and b that everything in this game is kind of recognized. Like, there's everything in this game could have a sensible name. Right. Nothing in this game has a sensible <laughs> name. You are jumping from the shard to the ether. There's uh, a shard complexity track, and like it's. Um, Don't you vomit stuff? As yeah, well? you you yeah. vomit, and you. It, it, 
nothing has a sensible name when it absolutely could. Mm. And that's kind of the joy of it. That I would spend so long trying to explain this game <laughs> that, and kind of what everything is that I think it would just be not worth it. You need to see it for yourself by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. visual experience. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a visceral experience. <laughs> Fair play. Wow. Is there anything that you, you've thought, hey, this would be a really good game? Um, I mean, I have a game that I, oh man, I love, but I've only played it twice and I want to play it more and I'm never going to suggest it because it's never going to be appropriate because <laughs> it's just for big war game nerds like me. Um, it's a big box. Um, it's called uh, Conflict of Heroes by Academy Games and it's a World War II Eastern Front game, mm. Germans versus Russians, and it's like a grid of hexes. Um, and you can either play the scenarios in the book or you can make your own forces and do like a custom scenario. And um, I find it fascinating because it's a proper World War II like, war game, um, like hex and chip style, but without the problem that those games usually have of being absurdly complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, like normally those games will take like, six hours and they'll have a big, thick rule book and you'll have to worry about like, oh, do they have enough supplies? And uh, what's the weather like? And all these kind of like nitty gritty factors that some people love, but I, I don't want that. Um, and the thing I love about this game, unfortunately, it makes it really hard for an experienced player to play with someone who's not played before is the, the activation system. Um, I don't do like one of my guys, or I don't do all of my guys and you do all of your guys like in some games, and we don't even alternate. You take, um, you take alternating actions. When you move a unit, you've got seven action points, right? And you can spend as many as it takes, like depending on... If you're moving through dense terrain, it might take more action points to move through it. Or if you're firing, that'll take more action points. You take a single action, like you move a hex or you shoot or you do whatever. Um, and then it's the other person's go. Um, they do their thing and then I come back. And now at this point, I have to keep using that same unit I've activated. Or I can flip it over and go, right, these guys have done. I'm going to move activate someone else. But now I can never go back mm. to that unit that's exhausted. And... That's a really unusual mechanic in a war game where you're, it's, what's the best way to describe it? You can start pushing on like one side with a unit. And if your enemy then pushes on another flank, you have, you've got this really difficult choice of do I complete the assault that I've been lining up and preparing for and kind of let him have his way on the mm. other side? Or am I going to stop myself short and react to what he's doing? So you, mm. the strategy is quite a lot like Go. I don't mm. know if you've ever played the, like the classic game go um where you you feel like maybe you're winning or you're losing on one side but you just kind of have to abandon it and move on to another side yeah, yeah. and you're kind of juggling a lot of balls you're like you've got three or four mini conflicts going on and you're trying to bait your opponent into activating something and mm. then bait him into then exhausting it before he's finished using all of his actions mm. um very strategic i really enjoy it I'm never going to find someone else who really wants to play it or learn it because it's quite complicated. And I'm never yeah. going to suggest it to anyone on the podcast, but I, I think it's a great game that deserves a shout out. Basically, if you were the guest, you could recommend <laughs> it to you. Is that yeah, what we're talking yeah. Exactly. It's just right. a very niche technical war game. Right. Um, just very well made. Uh, also, you've made it sounds like very unrealistic war because they're like, oh, we're going to go and attack this, but hold on, <laughs> stop right there. Because I need to use your energy to push these guys over here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like any war game. It's a little abstract. It's yeah. not a simulation. Yeah. Um, you know, because, geez, like simulation war games are 
Whew, they take a long time. Yeah. They're very it's, complicated. It's that very um, famously long one campaign for North Africa. Yeah, isn't it? Which exactly. takes like yeah. days to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I need I need to be able to finish a game in an evening. Yeah. It's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is there definitely are games where it's a case of you you leave the table and it, it has to be set up and then you're just like coming back to it over the mm. weekend or whatever else it would be. Mm. Um. So the game that I I, I really wanted to shoehorn in because I thought it would appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, was when we had Lydia on mm-hmm. and done a little bit of research and found Ooh. out that there was a game called um, Downforce. Now, I have played Downforce before, mm-hmm. but the, the key thing is not not the, the game per se. It, Downforce is a sort of like a Formula One-like racing game where you're kind of bidding on which car you want to win and then also guessing which one is going to win and then you're playing cards to try and make your car win so there's a lot of stuff going on there but it's actually the thematics behind it mm-hmm. there is a really random but interesting crossover with downforce and of all things mario kart monopoly <laughs> <laughs> and basically they created these little like player tokens for mario kart monopoly and yeah. they were funnily enough mario kart now yeah. i can't get a hold of them they're either really expensive or um they're just out of stock now i don't know why they haven't been producing them but they're the exact right size and i think the artwork is also pretty much perfect so you can mix the two together you oh play a God. game of downforce but like mario kart grand prix i thought lydia would be really really into that yeah and in general like i know there's a there's a huge thing of, of mario kart in the yogs so i thought it'd be a great one to go and then and then you know what we'll bring the swingers in there you know, like, <laughs> you know what maybe mario kart grand prix down forward you know it probably wasn't gonna work it, does, yeah, yeah, it yeah. does go up to a high number of players though you could i think you could have done that i think um, maybe <laughs> it's kind, of, it kind of funny Niche. i think we mentioned grail game i don't know if it was on this thing it's like the the game that you really want to get but it's so difficult to find yeah. and i just think it's hilarious that richards is monopoly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you can get so they they had um like at least booster packs basically and mm. you try getting like a bowser mario kart booster pack is unheard of mm. nowadays so I'm, I'm hoping that someone will hear me and they'll be like Shit, we need to reprint this like anybody's <laughs> business. I didn't uh, know this was a request line. This is uh, right. Hey, let me have a think. <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to send them in, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, those that kind of covers off uh, the kind of some of the board game questions that we had. Mm. Um, oh, I did have one thing that we maybe didn't mention at all during the whole series. It was yes, a little game called Twilight Imperium. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What, ta- what is this game? <laughs> We've been talking about it a lot. Even I've said it. I know what it is. I think I'm going to have to research it. Maybe we'll talk about it on another podcast. Yeah. It might come up again. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was worried. I was worried for a minute then. No one was going to mention it. <laughs> Um, what was the third question? Board game turnoffs. Yes. Mm. So one of the other questions that we had was uh, we've one that we kind of ask of the uh, the guests that come in. It gives us a little bit of direction as to where we should go. But board game turnoffs, anything that either mechanically or thematically that you don't think you like, um, is anybody anyone mm. have a very strong I've, opinions I've on got that? One. <laughs> I I have a strong dislike for this is broad right for any mechanic. <laughs> That means that um, that makes it hard for you to plan your turn while other people are playing. So this might be yeah. something as simple as you draw cards at the start of your turn. Mm-hmm. Terrible game design, right? <laughs> because if you draw cards at the end of your turn instead, you've then got everyone else's goes to think about these new elements yeah. and to plan it out. So 
to everyone out there who makes you draw cards at the start of your turn, please just just shift it. It honestly, all it does is make the game better. There's no downsides. Yeah. Oh my god. But also with games with like maybe there's a limited market in play that maybe you've planned your whole turn out and then someone just before you'll go buys the thing you were going to buy. Yeah. And now you've got to like <laughs> reorganize your entire strategy. Mm. Um. I mean, I'm not saying that all games that do that are bad. There are obviously mm-hmm. many excellent games with a with a limited market, but. It does irritate me a lot. <laughs> I feel like if it's a pivotal point where you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm like, you're just staring at the card and then someone's like, oh, I know what you're going for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think board games take a long time, especially with multiple players. Playing a five player game that's fairly complicated is going to take three plus hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to personally add to everyone's waiting time by having to go, oh, I've no idea what I'm going to do now because something unexpected yeah. has happened and mm. I'm going to sit here for 10 minutes. I mean, I, I feel like there's a ratio of like how long your turn takes to complete mm. and, you know, how long you have to think about it, that there is a sweet spot for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely with you that if it's a big game, mm. you need to have some time to plan. But if your turn's going to take a, a short amount of time, like even in a long game, if it's just a one thing to do, I kind of think you're going to, I don't mind that so much. But yeah, it's just how quick your actions are. I guess. It's strange as I kind of got a bit older or maybe just more into board games, but I've realized that the socializing element of it is is the bit that I most enjoy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love I love a strategy when it really comes off and it all mm-hmm. comes together. Mm-hmm. But I think there is an element of, uh, Dickie can probably attest to this, but when we started playing games, analysis paralysis, which is where you literally... Overwhelmed with decision. Yeah, you've got so many options. You just like, mm. I don't know what to do. Um, I I would probably have been in the category of maybe too much AP, as it were, analysis yeah. paralysis. Mm. Um, I have tried to improve. Uh, it's generally something, but games as you're describing there, like mm-hmm. those are my worst nightmare as well. Where I just get into <laughs> the position where I'm like, I can't even try and help myself. <laughs> Because all I can do is sit there and then you're just like confronted with this sort of rabbit in headlight situation where you're just like, oh, and everybody else is like, should I just go get a coffee? Maybe I'll go to the loo. And then you come back and they're like, are you done, Richard? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I I've definitely can attest to some of those. I mean, we've, we've put you in some pretty awful situations over the years where if we knew this was going to happen, why did we make you play this game? <laughs> one of those games being, what, 1830? 18, 18, I think we 1830 is the one that I'm thinking of, yes. I think I, I, I lost that game in turn two. And we were we were there for, it was at least eight hours. I think it was actually um, 13 hours we were there for. Oh my God. Because we started oh, yeah, at something like nine right. and then it was yeah. just, it was it was a long game. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a game I would probably play again to all people's surprise there. But I literally didn't understand a fundamental like rule at the beginning. I made a choice that oh, I lost no. the game. That is kind of leading into something. One of the several things that I find really annoying in games is... Game. One thing, Russ. One, one thing. thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to use the same one you use. That's, that's, that's not good content. Um, okay, I would say um, games that require you to be put in a position where you have to lie... Um, without anything to go on. So I think we've mm. actually talked about them. We mm. talked about them actually in the last episode, but games, you know, social deduction games, but specifically ones mm. where you have nothing to go on. So 
Um, chameleon would be like a good example if you are the person who has to use the clue word, but you're the first person to go and you're also the chameleon has no idea what the actual word is. Yeah. Um, a fake artist goes to New York. Like I said, if you're the first one, Spyfall, we mentioned that yeah. on a previous mm. episode, that one, if you're the first person to ask a question is just, it's just scary. And I think that it's, I don't want to say it's bad design, but it is sketchy. Mm. It's on the edge. The problem is with that design, like what, what are you going to do? Say, oh, it's not the first person. Like we can guarantee it's not like at mm. that point, then you've, you've got information. So I, you kind of almost just have to mm. play it going, oh, it could be the first person. But it, if they if they yeah. come up with anything that's reasonable, then you know it's not them. I think I think those ga- those games in particular require you to have a level of confidence in your ability to deceive mm. that maybe I don't have. And that's where, mm. I, that's where I stumble. Although yeah. I will say that one game I played um, is not the kind of game. It's a, it's a game called One Night um, Revolution. And it's... It's a hidden role game, you know, um, everyone's got like a secret role and like is on a specific kind of team. And I did the best deception I've ever done in my life by lying about misunderstanding my role in the game when I got caught out and everyone was like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry. We'll, we'll carry on. But yeah, you know, maybe should have told you that. And then at the end I was like, oh yeah, I actually knew. Uh, I actually knew oh, I actually knew the rule the whole time. That was my way of getting out of it. And everybody was just so surprised. I think it's because I'm just generally bad at lying and deception <laughs> games. That everyone was like, what? What the heck? Uh like Bridges actually, were burned that night. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. really, really badly. And I still like feel really bad about it. Because it was one of my best friends as well. And he didn't would, know. Would you idea. like to apologize to take I this would, time? I would like to formally apologize um to for everyone involved in that game. <laughs> Um, I've never done it since because it seems really, really cruel. And there was a whole debate after we finished um, the game to, whether that was allowed. <laughs> so, like, there's still not oh, been any right. that situation. Over like, what... The book, rule book didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, didn't say you couldn't. Yeah, it didn't say you couldn't lie about understanding the rules of the game. I mean, it is a deception game. Yeah, so... that is tricky. Yeah. With where yeah. are the boundaries of deception? Mm. It's like the cheating in Monopoly. It's like people you know, expect it, you know, that about stealing money from the bank or making up their own rules, but you know, it doesn't make it okay. Does it? <laughs> Do you have anything in particular? Yeah. Um, so I like a catch up mechanic. Mm. What I don't like is a get the leader mechanic, mm. not naming any names apart from, you know, countrymen. Um, I, I hate it because it just makes the game go on for so much longer than it needs to. Mm. Um, I think Munchkin is the, the worst perpetrator oh God, of yeah. this, you know, that it's, it doesn't let the game end. Mm. You know, mm. that that's the thing that really, really turns me off a game is something that I've been playing. I've known the result for a long time mm. or that a result that I feel is just, He's mm. kind of taken away because that's how the game works. Yeah, because you're just waiting. You know. Whoever wins is the person who tries to win after everyone's used up all their stop you cards. Yeah. And, you know, and it might, who knows who that will be at this point because yeah. you don't yeah. know how many block cards there I are. Guess at that point, it's like everybody's on level nine, mm. i.e., like the very final one, and we'll just all play the stop you cards, and that's the same thing as the playing the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I tend to be quite forgiving of mechanics of games, but mon- mm. yeah, games like that. Mm. where I could have been playing a different game at this point. This game yeah. was over like mm, right. half an hour ago mm-hmm. and there is a game that 
could be fitted into this slot. You and know. now we're waiting for the stars to align of some, exactly. everyone to run out of cards. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're going through the motions and you've got no agency as a player. That, mm. that winds me up. Essentially, like it turns the winning down to luck the end of the yes, day doesn't it exactly, yeah. yeah there's a game that i really like but it's terrible for that called fuji flush and it's just a number card game where you know you're trying to get rid of all of your cards but when you are down to the last card um if you just have to play it in front of you and just hope that mm. like a state i won't get into the specifics of the game because it doesn't actually matter but the, you essentially play the card and it's is it the high enough card to win this time Nope. Okay. You're, you've not won this time. And so literally that yeah. happens. And so whether you win, it's just whether you draw the right card mm-hmm. at the end. And it just yeah. means it makes a really good game. Just good. It, it takes it away from it. Yeah. Because, well, it's just yeah. Like, it's like you say, removing player agency. Mm-hmm. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the killer for mm-hmm. me. Like yeah. um, I once I've read a book about games design. And one of the things they said was key to enjoying a game was being presented with a situation, deciding how you're going to respond to it and then getting the feedback of how your response mm affected the situation mm-hmm. and the more and then you loop back around and the more times you can complete that loop in a given time frame is effectively how much you're engaged and enjoying mm-hmm. that game yeah and when you're reaching that point in like munchkin or uno or any of these games where you're actually just waiting till yeah. everything lines up mm-hmm. for you like you've got zero that you're not doing that at all you're mm-hmm. not making any decisions you're just Waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Going through the rope, like the rote, as yeah, it were. On, on rails, kind of waiting for the end. Um, Aren't we all? So the very <laughs> final question. Yeah, I play games to get away from my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the final question that I uh, that I, uh, we'd, we'd come up with was a uh, question about... So obviously we've had a lot of guests. Mm. We've got a lot of Yogg's guests that have come on. All friends of Ben, at least I hope so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's what they're paid for. <laughs> yeah. um, but we will be looking at not just Yogg's guests, but we'll be looking at lots of other guests as well. So mm. in in that spirit, is there anybody that you would love to get on the podcast that, mm. you know, these are dream, dreamy people that you'd want to get on. Mm. Maybe maybe just to have a conversation with them. Maybe just to whatever else that would go on there. But, but on the podcast, anyone that would, would, would make sense. So. Have you got? Have you got? Have you got like yeah. a, a white whale out there that you're like, oh, mm. anyone? Uh, yeah, I'd like to. Um, I don't know if they're into board games. I assume they are, based on other stuff that they're into. But um, I think it'd be really fun to get Simon Pegg on the show. Mm. Um, yes, yeah. you know, do you remember he's done a lot of nerdy stuff? I lo- I loved Spaced, like quite an mm-hmm, old sitcom mm-hmm. now that he like sort of made him big. Um, I love the films he's done with Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's written some Star Trek stuff that's good, and he's just he seems like a nice, funny, nerdy guy. I think we'd have a really fun chat with him. He's been in Star Wars as well, right? Okay, yeah, he, he was, was like quarter like, portion. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Wait, is that is that in the one that I've seen? Yeah, that is yeah. in the one that you've seen. <laughs> I mean, you would, seven. unless you knew it was him, you would not know it was him. No. He's in like a yeah, lot yeah. of makeup as a mo- massive alien guy. Yeah, um, he's well known as like. Basically, a mega nerd. Yeah, mm. just made a super big thing. Like, yes, absolutely. Now you're saying that. And I'm he's like... from around here. He's from down the road. Uh, oh, really? Bristol. Yeah. Um, do you remember in uh, what's it called? In Hot Fuzz, where they they have the shootout in the supermarket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is recreating the town he grew up in, and he, I think it's either he or Edgar Wright. Um, that was like their job when they were at college. They had a part-time job at the like Safeway down the road. Oh my god! And that's why they filmed that's it because they grew up in this little Somerset town, yeah, next, so cool. in this like little supermarket like, yeah. was where they worked. And um, yeah, I think that just ties in perfectly. Local. I mean, I'm sure it probably yes. lives in LA now or something. But, yeah. yeah. You know, come and back to your roots. Talk to some nerds <laughs> yeah. in Somerset. If you ever down this way. <laughs> yeah. um, I I have 
it, they come as a duo. You'll understand what I say, but like they, I you know for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you've learned. I guess you've learned. Like, like, listening to rules. <laughs> um, well, uh, one comes with the other anyway. But, You're just um, throwing all of the chips onto the yeah. table now. I just don't like rules. All right, like, this board game thing mm. is a lie. <laughs> um, no, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. I think I've said the names mm. the right way around. Um, they are they are known to be board game fans. They actually managed to get some board games into the South Park uh, show that they 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 make. And they have been, um, I know that Board Game Geek have, like some people in Board Game Geek have chatted to them on mm. a few occasions. And they just, they seem like really fun people who are really talented. Um, they are huge nerds. Um, mm. And I just think they'd have a lot of interesting things to say. And also because of what they do for a living, I imagine the, the scenario that they come oh, up with wow. would be yeah. worth it alone just to yeah. see yeah. what kind of nonsense they've come up with. I mean, they're great there. at making up games as well. Basketball is one of my favorite films uh, ever. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, well, it's 18 year old Dickie's favorite film ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we are. I mean, the, the World of Warcraft South Park episode mm. was probably one of the most quotable episodes based on my interests. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's always been popular. They, they, they know what, they know what they like and they do it really well. And mm. they, they, they're just funny as well. I just imagine, I, I just know where we'd have the extra seat for them though. Maybe they can just share. We've got a head of the table. <laughs> I don't know who would be there. It's just, maybe, maybe we'll just have the both of them there. Who knows? Um, I'm a big Leicester City fan and any Leicester City player would be amazing. But, but the person that I'd really want, I think at the minute, mm -hmm. would be Alex Horn. I think... I'm a big Taskmaster fan and yeah. great coming up with like crazy scenarios and interesting tasks. I think the, the idea there would be great. Like just to, just to say that I've kind of had my own task and oh. had, a, had a crack <laughs> at it would be great. Cause I like, based on this, I'm not getting on Taskmaster anytime soon, but, <laughs> um, but I just, I love the idea of what he might come up with. Yeah. Um, I think mm. really interesting. He'd have a fun guy. scenario for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Something, something kind of weirdly mechanical or kind of, you know, I'd like to jump through his hoops, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Not some... like that. I was going to say, you've got a crush now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the, the one that I have a bit of a man crush on mm. is, um, is Henry Cavill. Ooh, like, mega choice. nerd. We were talking about so nerdy earlier nerd. on, but yeah. I think we are definitely over... Oh yeah, like, nerdiest guy ever. <laughs> I mean, literal <laughs> Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, you know what I want to be? I want to be that comic book, but like hero. I'm going to be that. And just, he does everything that we're like super into from The Witcher, mm. like uh, even stuff from like the Tudors is really interesting. And like mm. he, he's 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 been around the block, knows loads yep. of uh, Games Workshop, Warhammer. He's stuff. into his Warhammer. He's into his mm. Brandon Sanderson novels. He's been mm -hmm. talking about like he is not. At all ashamed to wear his nerd badge with pride, and he he represents. Uh, I think I think it was all about like PC Master Race, um, which is a bit of a weird one, but it's essentially a subreddit where it, mm -hmm. it talks about the being on PC is a really good thing. Um, and he became a bit of the poster boy. We've got him and Terry Brooks as well. Terry Brooks, Terry, Terry Cruz. Cruz, Terry Cruz. Why Terry Cruz? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Brooks is uh, different, uh, but no, Terry Cruz is also on there as like the the poster boys for like nerdism and mm. like in that in terms of PC and it those would be so oh, it'd be yeah, lovely be and my wife would also probably leave me 
<laughs> oh, he like yeah. super I mean, tall as well? He'd be like towering over us. Like, it's right, we just gave him a yeah. low chair. Yeah. <laughs> Emasculate <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just to, to make us better, all feel but, better. Yeah. yeah, he can be in a little one foot high chair. It'll be fine. He'll, he'll understand. <laughs> is he, is he going to play a space marine now as well in whatever the new... Oh, he can I, play he, whatever he wants, to be fair. Yeah, I think yeah. if they if they can afford him, if they can get a big enough budget to do a Warhammer film, I'm sure he would love to be... The any, God Emperor. Oh my God. Sure, why not? Surely that would be yours, the Emperor, though. The Emperor. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if... Me, the Emperor, is ordering around Henry Cavill as my minion. I don't know if that'll play well on, on screen. Do you think Henry Something about s- that doesn't feel right. <laughs> if you get <laughs> enough money, you can make it happen. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So donate now. <laughs> <laughs> We're launching a GoFundMe. GoFundBen. Yeah. I'm going to do a Kickstarter, stretch goal, Henry Cavill. Be fine. <laughs> I, I feel like... You know, you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have to do too much CGI work as well to get the scale right between like Emperor and then like six, you know, eight foot Space Marine. Yeah, the scale would be on. But yeah, I'm particularly jealous of Henry Cavill because he's had his mustache photoshopped off. Mm. I have no idea what I'd look like underneath my mustache. He knows. He knows. (laughs) He knows. He, he, he this, then had the confidence to shave it off uh, yeah, once yeah. he saw what I've, it looked like. I've had this moustache for like 10 years now, and I am terrified of shaving it off <laughs> because I will look, you know, like an anemic child. Who knows what's under yeah. there? It's also worth noting that I've just realized it kind of comes as a pair because un- unlike Trey, Henry Cavill brings his dog. <gasps> he does. And Why? he's got a beautiful dog. I think it's, a, I think it's an Akita, and it is just Oh, like you! If you follow him on Instagram, then it is gorgeous. It's so cute and so very well trained. Unlike my dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dog does some cool tricks, though. It does cool like, tricks. That, but... That's amazing. Like, it put, like puts your like a yeah, and it rests his chin on your on your between your thing forefinger oh, and, yeah. your, I, and your I thumb. It's really adorable. Dread to think what Heaven Cavill would think if he met my dogs. Like agents <laughs> of chaos. Um, but yeah, it is weird how much my dogs are like your cats. Yeah, yeah. I've got one one tiny black diva of a of a dog, and one big white lovable fluffy idiot. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of yeah, they, the they one go inside. One you're like here, my guests. You can you can pet this one dog, this one cat because they're the sociable ones, and then the other one that's like. <clears throat> Ignore that one, please. (laughs) Don't touch it, it will bite you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that covers most of the questions that I had. Uh, Mm. So I think all that's actually left is to finally crown our series Titan of Board Games. (laughs) Maybe we should figure out a theme tune going on there. I like the the chaos of it. Add the the theme tune and post. (laughs) Mute all our mics. That way we won't get against copyright. That's true. That's true. Try and and figure out which of those songs. So um, I think the official tally came to about 10,004 points, uh, if I was right. so, Dickie, uh, you have become the yeah. titan of board games. Well this deserved. Is your, this yeah. is well your little, little trophy. Thank you. I hate Not- to think what would have happened if you'd been on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did actually manage to win one. Dickie wasn't on it. Who knows? They had to choose someone else. <laughs> Uh, but no, well done. Uh, I think I think it certainly makes sense. Your your recommendation prowess has been has been very good. Mm. Um, would you like to say any words? Uh, thank thank the family. Do your Oscar speech. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to thank my my partner, my dogs, uh, Optimus Prime, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all you fellow nerds out there. Yeah, no, thank you. And thank you guys as well. This has been great fun. It's been a load of fun to do. And I can't wait for more. Mm, yes. Well, there will be more. We've got a whole new season coming up. New guests, new games, new scenarios. And when we know it, we will we will let you guys know. Now, mm. on the scenario front, if you have anything, you've, you've heard uh, multiple scenarios going on. If there's anything that you're like, hey, you know what? This would make a good one. By all means, submit your scenarios. And who knows? We might actually do it ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. put those in the comment below. If you if you if you're following on the, uh, the any of the podcasts, mm. please give us a give us a review. Give yeah, a leave like. a five star review and put your ideas <laughs> for scenarios in the review. There yep. you go. We're on podcast and we're also on YouTube. So mm-hmm. that's an easy way we to are. do it. Yeah. You can also reach out to Chance Accounts on all the socials. Yeah, yeah. Might, may as well. <laughs> and we will definitely oh, respond. We <laughs> we! Uh, but thank you so much yeah. for following along. It's been a great, great season. It's been a blast. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, thank you Russ, Dicky, <laughs> the <laughs> one with something to show from this whole scenario. Uh, but yes, please, please, please let us know. Uh, be in contact, and we will catch you for the next season. See you in season two. See you in season Bye. two. Bye. Bye. Bye.